Hi there, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast. I'm continuing to read the insights I found while seeking to understand what the scriptures say the true church of God should look like. All of this information comes from my free ebook titled The True Church of God, and it can be downloaded freely at the freegiftfromgod.com website. So let me continue reading, and I hope you'll find something of value in the insights the Lord has given to me. In the early church, deacons were not appointed from the beginning. It was not a role that was immediately identified or needed. The role of deacons came about as the church grew and the needs of the church expanded. Pressure on the twelve apostles grew to the extent that they were unable to do all that needed to be done. They were neglecting the things that were important for the sake of less important but necessary tasks. If we look at the rapid expansion of the early church, we can see how quickly it was growing and how easily it would have been to get out of hand. Immediately after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, with the sound of rushing winds, tongues of fire and speaking in tongues, Peter stood and preached to the gathered crowds. In the light of the signs the people had just witnessed and the words that Peter spoke, there were many who received the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ and came to the Lord. And he testified with many other words and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Acts chapter 2, verses 40 to 42. On that Pentecost day, there were 3,000 people who came to the Lord. By any measure, that is a huge expansion of the church. I should also point out that in the early church, there were many other believers. It was not just the 12 apostles by themselves. So there were many hands to help with the new converts. For example, we know that after Jesus was resurrected from the dead, he appeared to more than 500 believers at one time. And you can see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 6. So it is clear there were many others, apart from the twelve, who were believers and had followed Jesus from the early days of his work. But as time went on and the needs of the early church grew, along with the numbers that were converted to Christianity, the twelve came under greater and greater pressure. We must remember that in those days the early church was responsible for many of the things we get from or through governments today. They had no pensions, social security, sickness plans, superannuation, insurance and so on. They had to rely on family, friends or the church to meet the needs of those who were unable to work or were in difficult circumstances. Thus, a great deal of the day-to-day -day work in the early church involved the distribution of food and the necessities of life, as well as the ministry of preaching and teaching the people so they could learn and grow into the ways of the Lord. At some point, this level of extra work became too great. So the 12 apostles agreed to appoint seven men to take over these additional chores, enabling the apostles to remain focused on preaching and teaching the word. And we see this in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 to 7. Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists murmured against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. And the 12 summoned the body of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this duty. 
but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip and Prochorus and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicolaus, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands upon them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Acts 6, verses 1 to 7. These verses show the effect the rapid growth was having on both the early church and the twelve apostles. Grumbling was occurring. The work of serving the people was not running efficiently, and the more critical work of teaching and spreading the gospel was falling down. To overcome these issues, the twelve apostles called the people together to appoint seven men who were in effect the first deacons of the church. It was the responsibility of the seven to assist the apostles and elders of the church to serve the people. This is one of the key functions of a deacon, to assist the elders. These roles had great responsibility to ensure the smooth running of the church and to overcome the disputes that were coming up in the interactions between the new converts. I should also point out that some of these deacons could and did also have ministry gifts. We see later in the book of Acts that Philip was an evangelist and was mightily used of the Lord to spread the word. Appointing deacons. Now, as we see in the example above, the work of the deacons was to assist the apostles and elders so that the church ran smoothly. Theirs was primarily an organisational and administrative role, whereas the elders and apostles were the preachers, teachers and overseers of the doctrine being taught to ensure it was sound. We note from the verses above that the deacons were chosen by the church. The whole church was brought together and appropriate people were selected based on their spiritual position, wisdom and good reputation. When these people had been selected... Then the process of confirming them as deacons was through the laying on of hands of the elders or apostles and praying over these people to be able to fulfil the duties to which they were being appointed. So deacons are appointed by men, specifically the congregation of the church, and then they are confirmed by the elders. This is a good way to appoint deacons because the collective church are more likely to select someone who is reputable and with whom they can work because they are respected. It overcomes any favouritism or politics that sometimes occurs within the modern church. There are also conditions that deacons must meet before they can be appointed into the role of a deacon or deaconess. We see this in 1 Timothy 3 verses 8 to 13. Deacons likewise must be serious, not double-tugged, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience and let them also be tested first. Then, if they prove themselves blameless, let them serve as deacons. The women likewise must be serious, no slanderers, but temperate, faithful in all things. Let deacons be the husband of one wife, and let them manage their children and their households well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves, and also great confidence in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 8-13 to these conditions apply to deacons to ensure they are well thought of and stable in the Lord. The work they do is important and can often be seen both inside and outside of the church. So it is important that deacons are well thought of by those within and outside the church. We now have two groups who provide the leadership roles in the church. 
the elders who are charged with church governance, teaching, preaching, and ensuring the doctrine remains sound and is not polluted in any way, and deacons who are charged with the administrative and operational functions within the church when or if the need arises. Every church must have a group of co-equal elders running the church, but deacons are not always necessary in a church. It really depends upon the size and workload in the church as to whether to appoint deacons or not. This is in no way meant to downgrade the role of deacons. The role of deacons is important, and deacons who serve well gain a good standing in the Lord, as we saw in 1 Timothy 3 verse 13. But deacons may or may not be required depending on the church circumstances. As such, the structure of the church looks like this. Christ is the head. Elders serve Christ and the church in roles of governance, teaching and doctrinal matters. Deacons assist the elders with operational and administrative matters. But there is more to this than meets the eye, because even though there are people in these roles of elders and deacons, they are all equal with all the rest of the people in the congregation. And we'll look at that in the next chapter when we look at the equality of the brethren. So that's all I have for this week. I hope you found it interesting, and I hope you'll join me again next week as I continue looking at these aspects of the true church of God. All of the information I'm covering here is contained in a free ebook titled The True Church of God that can be downloaded from the freegiftfromgod.com website. So until next week, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast signing off and hoping you have a blessed week ahead. God bless. God bless.